it's a long road and you have to be resilient and passionate otherwise you burn out mm. you know it's it's just as simple as that being being an entrepreneur being you having been in different startups you can't survive unless you have that you know uh, mentality This is Devin Miller here with another invent or another episode of the Inventive Journey, and I am your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown uh, several startups, uh, seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And today on the podcast, we have another great guest, and I'm probably going to slaughter your name because I'm not good at pronouncing, uh, pronouncing names. So I'll let. You, how about you give your name so I don't slaughter it? No problem. It's uh, Mariam Ispahani. All right. I'm just going to, uh, my, my, Mariam. Mariam. Mar- right. Maria, Maria with an M at the end. Mariam. All right. I'll try my best. But right. No promises that I won't, uh, I won't stumble. That's fine. This. But to introduce you or just a little bit. So she worked in the uh, semiconductor uh, industry in uh, Silicon Valley for uh, several years working on chips. Um, then she moved over to the telecom space for a bit. And then got more into the kind of uh, what I would say kind of the renewable energy type things for, you know, working with batteries, with industrial batteries and solar power systems and whatnot, before deciding to jump more to her current startup, which is more looking at bioplastics. So a bit of a a Silicon Valley now over to the more sustainable part part of the industry. And I'll let her tell a little bit more about her, her journey. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Devin. Really appreciate it. Uh, so basically, you know, I was always a fan of technology and from, from my college days and before. So when I graduated from college and I was going to get into a, a master's program on the side, the first time I started a startup, so to speak, was uh, called Gadget Galaxy because I was fascinated by futuristic technology. So I decided that let me do something with gadgets. And it was an e-commerce website at, back at the time where we didn't have you know, e-commerce. And mm. I like, walked into the bank and I asked for an e-commerce account and you know, it was a very new thing. But it was very exciting and I enjoyed doing that. Then I worked for, after I graduated, I worked for a nonprofit. But it, on the side, I used to uh, develop uh, websites. And I just happened to develop a website for a semiconductor company. And they really liked it. And they invited me out to California. They said, you must visit. You must see what we've got going on here. And when I went there, it was a startup that was like already, you know, on its feet. And uh, jumping, when I sorry, got there, we that's said- That's an interesting point. Like, just jumping in really quick. So, sure. so you created the website for the company and then they invited you out. So was it- when you created the website, was it with the intention, hey, I want to go get a job with them or I want to want to get connected with them? Or what was the motivation for creating a website for a company you didn't work for yet? Oh, no, I, I was in Minnesota and, you know, I was living my life over there and you know, designing websites while working for a nonprofit. And uh, when somebody asked me to do a website for them, you know, I didn't even know anything about the entire semiconductor industry testing and things like that. And uh, when I did the website and then they said, you know, we really feel that we could use someone like you because you have an eye for detail and creativity, etc. So I said, okay, 
let's see what's possible. So they moved me out to California. Okay, so they, they had originally hired you to do the website for them, and yeah. then they were impressed enough with the job that they wanted to make it more of a, a full-time or, or explore a, a fuller-time position? Yeah, but they hired me not for the website. They hired me full-time uh, as a salesperson, okay. a program manager, and then sales, sales support. And so I, I, did, I wasn't that technical in the industry, but I used to work with the PhD engineers, and so we used to go together as a team. And so that way I learned a lot. I, I used to spend a lot of time in the lab. And so just spending time. And I got promoted and I went up the ladder to, ma to manage you know, sales for the, the entire organization and the different branches and international. And then the company was sold. So once they were sold, myself and a few others, we went and started a startup doing the same thing. Mm. And so that was very exciting. And so it was a few of us from this company. So I, then, we, then we acquired two companies into that company and we got going that way. So I was in semiconductors for a very long time. Then I thought that, you know, everything is going you look for opportunities and you see that things are going, you know, out of the country. A lot of the production was going to Taiwan and to China. And so we said, okay, what are we going to do? So I jumped ship and I went into telecom software and optimization software. And so that was, you know, an interesting experience because it was different. Mm. I had been in hardware and services and I hadn't been in software. And again, as a salesperson, so, you know, as a salesperson, you have those, you know, certain skills and then you just learn, you know, what you can do about um, uh, the, the company products that you have to sell. So, yeah, I did that. Then I then from telecom, actually, for in the middle, before I jumped into the renewable space, I got into digital signage and I took the money that I made from uh, the startup that we sold, and I put that into uh, digital signage, and I ran a when digital, you say digital signage, signage network. Is that like uh, billboards on the side of the road that change? You know, that are kind of like that change mm -hmm. the signs. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, yes, billboards, but not on the side of the road. I had them in cafes and juice bars, mm -hmm. and uh, so you know, this was uh, places where people come in a lot. So there's a lot of foot traffic. And so basically I went to the local uh, shops around there, the, the florists, the dentists, and we collected, you know, advertising from them and from some of the big companies like Bank of America. And we put that on our screens and we showed news and comedy and all that also in between. So I ran a big, uh, nice little, you know, company for about three and a half years. Then after that, you know, a friend of mine said, sorry, no yeah so so question so how did you get from you know at least i kind of get the semiconductors to telecom you know they, they have some overlap but what made you jump from yeah. that to digital science sounds like it's a you know a bit of a different industry or a bit different animal so how did you get into digital signage or make that leap yeah well i was you know used to sales and marketing and i wanted to do something different because i saw that like you know maybe silicon valley is going on a downturn a little bit as far as you know uh, the hardware is concerned and software so a lot of things you know were up in the air at that time 
And so I decided to do something different. And it was exciting. And I took the money that I made from our last startup and I put that into the digital signage business. And then I was my own boss doing my own thing with the other startups, you know, I had partners uh, or I reported to someone and here it was just me. So I decided, let me try this. So I like trying new things. I like learning new things. So I did that. And that was, that was fun. I really enjoyed that. That was three and a half years of my life. And then, you know, then somebody came along and said to me, why don't you travel a bit? And so for six months I traveled. And I really, really enjoyed that. I went to different countries I'd never been to. And I enjoyed the experience. And then somebody told me about, you know, why don't you get into battery components? So and so like I'm, whole, as an entrepreneur. Jumping back you know, just a little bit before we get into the batteries. So somebody just said, you know, so you got a company you invested in, you grew it for three and a half years. You know, I, I'm guessing it wasn't quite as simple as, hey, why don't you go travel? He says, okay, I'll close down the business. Never mind. I'll just move on. So what was the yeah. motivation of, hey, you know, that business was it one that was, you know, getting more crowded, wasn't as profitable, was winding down. You wanted to get out. It wasn't as fun or kind of what made you jump? Because it seems like, you know, if I was, if I was running a big successful business, so somebody says, you know, hey, you should go travel. I wouldn't just, you know, close up the business. So how did that work? Yeah, well, that, yeah, it was a good question. Well, the thing, the beauty of the business was that I could, I could manage it from anywhere. I could be sitting in the Bahamas. I could be sitting in Siberia. I could manage it from anywhere as long as I had an internet connection. And I had, you know, some foot soldiers who could help out if there were some technical things. And the way I designed the business was that the people who were actually at the cafes and the juice bars, they were also responsible for making sure everything works. So when they took some ownership, you know, then they took more care of uh, what was going on. But uh, also after some time, the big players started coming in and putting up the big billboards, you know, which you talked about. And then once that started happening, I also said, yeah, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, uh, this is not a sustainable business for me. Mm. I, I'm not going to be in, you know, 500 locations. I'm in the Bay Area all the way from, you know, San Jose up till San Francisco. But like, I'm not, this is not going to be something which is going to be beyond this. And so I, I was okay with that. And so I had some money on the side. So decided, you know, to, to travel and manage things as best as I could remotely. Okay. So I did that for, for quite a while. Yeah. And uh, eventually I wrapped up the business, you know, and uh, I let, you know, the, the owners of the stores, the cafes and the juice bars, uh, you know, keep the screens and keep the equipment because that was okay. They could just turn it into a television and just watch, you know, something else, hook it up to cable or something. Mm. And so I, I moved on, you know, to do something else. But we got a lot of revenue from ad revenue. Mm. And so that was exciting. Yeah, that was fun. So as you're wrapping up that company, then you said, then you said, okay, now I'm going to kind of jump over to what would be the more renewables or sustainable en energy, whatever you'd like to call it. And that is that what or what made you, what kind of piqued your interest or sparked your interest in going to the renewable side or to that side of the industry? Yeah. Well, I've always been conscious about the environment. And for me, you know, that was a big thing, but I just didn't know what to do about it. And uh, when I was, uh, you know, selling components for the batteries and I found this one company focused on solar batteries, I got very excited. 
and I started spending a lot of time with them and I asked them to take me to their factory and to show me how they made everything and what they did. And so I learned, you know, uh, just by, uh, by observing and by reading up. And then I got a partner uh, back in California and we decided to make our own systems because we figured we could make something also maybe even better. And so we did that out of my, uh, literally out of my garage in the Bay Area. And, uh, you know, we, yeah, we got going like that. And once we designed something, you know, then we put the pieces together, like the panels and the lights and, and the entire system. And then we sold it as, as one unit. Mm. And we sold a bunch of systems in a few countries in Asia and like uh, eight, eight plus countries in Africa. And uh, we didn't sell a ton of systems, but we really enjoyed ourselves. And I think that's important, you know, that's important as an entrepreneur, the journey, and you have to enjoy what you do. So, so we did that. Mm. Yeah. And so how, because I mean, that, that almost seems like the typical story in the sense of working out of your garage in Silicon Valley, right? Or that type of area you had, you know, whether yeah. it's Amazon that he was shipping, you know, the story goes whether or not it's true that he was, you know, shipping it out of his college dorm room or his yeah. parents' garage or whatever it was for Amazon shipping books. And you had Bill Gates and you had Apple and all of them started in the garage. So this is a, maybe a, a short side note, you know, working in the, in Silicon Valley out of your garage, is it everything that the, the movies make it up to? Is it as fun and exciting or is it more stressful or cramped or how does that work? No, it's exciting if you're passionate about it, you know, but we're nowhere near, you know, I never made it like those guys or anywhere close, but uh, you enjoy the journey and you enjoy what you're doing. And it's exciting to, at least for me, you know, to design new things and to discover new uh, ways of doing them. And in that sense, we made a lot of systems and we decided that like, you know, we wanted to take our manufacturing and make many of these systems. And I went to different places to discuss that. And uh, we made what we could and we distributed the systems. Then we had like a lot of, uh, uh, nonprofits uh, in the U.S. who bought systems from us and took them uh, to different uh, countries. And then they asked for more systems. And that way, then after that, I decided that let's also work on projects like consulting, because now that we've learned so much about solar systems, we should work on mini grids and off grid, and, you know, and whatever else we can do to support others and consult. Okay. And so I, I did that for quite a while. So then, uh, and if I remember, as we talked before, so you were in the solar or solar industry for a while, working you know, on the battery systems and whatnot, that grew that from your garage and, and worked on that, I think it's for right around nine years. And then, you know, yeah. like, so you, you still have, you know, you're still part of the solar business or you have, you know, some ownership in it, but your partner is still yeah. primarily managing that. But then you decided to jump over to now what is more of the um, the bioplastics and all that. So how did you make, you know, one, the transition or have that discussion with your partner, make the decision that, you know, he's going to keep running the battery business while you focus on the bioplastics. And how did you kind of make that transition or that uh, adjustment? Yeah, well, uh, you know, you can sometimes you can do things in parallel. And if a project comes up or if a request comes up, you know, then we are ready to uh, ship those solar systems. We don't, we don't make batteries. We, we make solar systems and like solar home systems, which are used mostly in rural areas in Asia and in Africa, 
We don't do the you know, solar systems, which are the commercial ones or the home installations like we have in the US. Mm -hmm. We don't do that. And so as a small you know, units uh, to run a, a few lights and a fan or maybe even a small uh, uh, TV. And uh, these are for the villages where there's no electricity. And so this is very beneficial for them because they're off grid, you know, there's nothing there. And uh, yeah, so basically we're still doing that. We're still looking for projects. We're still looking to sell things. But then again, you know, I got excited about uh, doing something about the plastic pollution problem. And when somebody told me and a little bit educated me about bioplastics, you know, then I just jumped on it. I got very excited about it and basically uh, built a team, set up a lab, you know, registered a company and, you know, got that going. And with the with plastics, now we are, we are still, a, you know, a startup and with uh, COVID, we're kind of like slow right now, but we're hoping to get uh, some, we're all self-funded and so we're looking forward to some funding and we have some potential investors who are interested in us and we're looking to see who else is out there hmm. so we can get this off the ground. Basically, we want to make biodegradable products because uh, plastic is, uh, you know, a menace in society now, especially single-use plastic and it's uh, polluting the oceans, the drains, it's all over, you know. The fish are eating it, the animals are being damaged by it, you, you know, you name it. And I always was a recycling type person, but then when I found out that recycling doesn't work that well, I said, we have to do that in addition to, you know, uh, replacing the problem with the solution. The problem being plastic. So mm -hmm. that's what we set out to do. And I have a very nice team now. I'm very excited about it. And we're working well together. Okay. No, I, I, that makes good sense. So, so now you, so, you still are part of, or you're still, you know, and primarily with the management of, you know, the partner continuing to do the solar industry. And then you're yes. saying, Hey, this opportunity came along with being one, it, you know, fits well with the sustainable, you know, type, you know, industry. And, and, and it's also tackling another problem. So you have the power industry or power problem with sustainability and you also have recycling or otherwise, you know, plastics not breaking down. So you said, Hey, we'll kind of run these in parallel. Um, and it sounds like, I think when we talked about it before, you know, you're saying, you know, you were going to, right now it's all been self-funded. You, you're looking at it and you were going to get some investor dollars, COVID hit, and now you're kind of looking yeah. to re-engage, you know, and, and I think that's a, where a lot of companies got, you know, people went out and were getting investors or having deals that were going through the pipeline, COVID hit, and all the investors kind of pulled back and says, hey, yeah. we got to let the market settle down, see what's happening before we're making any new adventures. So how have you kind of navigated through that or, you know, traversed through the, the, the issue of, you know, we're planning on going out and fundraising or getting fundraising dollars only to have that, you know, pulled back and just say, okay, well, we'll just ramp it back and go slower and do self-funding or is it have you seen that the investors are starting to re-engage or you know kind of what's the the plan going forward to really you know expand and grow the business on the the bioplastic side okay well we do have uh, two potential investors who have been interested in us and now are you know asking us for more information mm. i uh, thought that the best thing would be for myself and for the team to spend this time that we are in a lockdown or we are in a limited situation where we can't do as much as we'd like to, uh, to learn 
and to focus on our plans and to see what can we do. And so we've spent like a lot of time making our, literally our factory floor plan, which machinery we're gonna get, how we're gonna set it up, what we're gonna do, uh, the financial plan, the business plan, the pitch deck, you know? So we've just been working on everything and keeping it all ready as well as uh, networking like crazy with people out there to see what else is someone doing, who can we connect with, who are doing, you know, things which are uh, better for the environment. And so now I've like, you know, hooked on to a bunch of uh, webinars Mm. where I learn a lot all the time and uh, participating with uh, some organizations. And so that's helpful. And we, uh, every time I hear, especially these days, that since we are an impact startup, they're investors who are investing in impact startups because you're going to need, you know, a startup like this with these kind of biodegradable products. You're going to need them now as well as post COVID because we're already seeing an issue, right? With plastic, with the gloves and the masks all being thrown. And then now it's worse for the fish in the ocean. And so, you know, you definitely will be seeing that investors uh, will say that they want to do something like this because this is not something which is okay. You know, maybe we could have this. This is a, yes, we need this now. We need this for, you know, to improve the planet. And so that's why we're excited about what we're doing. And this excites me, you know, a lot more than solar, even though solar energy is, you know, great. And we do need that. We do need wind power and, uh, you know, anything renewable, but this takes care of a lot of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And that's what we're aiming towards. And I'm even taking a class on that right now, that what are the Sustainable Development Goals in detail so that we can also, you know, learn and better understand these things for our planet. Okay. And the team is doing the same. All right. No, that, that makes perfect sense. So, so as we kind of get towards the, the end of the podcast, having walked through your journey, I always ask two questions at the end of the podcast. We'll, maybe we'll jump to those now. So the first question I always ask is, so along your journey, along your path, what was the worst business decision you ever made? Well, that's, uh, I made a lot of bad decisions, but being an entrepreneur is, you know, about that. You have to fail to succeed. And I've had my ups and downs. And uh, I would say that the one of the worst decisions I definitely made was jumping into something without doing due diligence. Mm. And uh, that hurt me a lot in every way, financially, emotionally. Uh, you know, it, it really impacted me. And um, I felt that like, you know, it, they were the right team. I felt like it was, you know, something which was doable. And it seemed, you know, creative, but at the same time, I didn't do the due diligence behind it. I sort of felt, okay, maybe this will just, you know, work itself out. And I should have. And so that cost me a lot of time and effort. And you know how when one gets impacted, the family also gets impacted and those around you and your team. And for me, team is very important. And so that was, uh, uh, you know, awakening moment so that was a bad decision not doing due diligence and checking things okay no i and that certainly but it's one that's you know sometimes easy to air do in the sense that one you you know if you're trusting individuals saying oh you know i think everybody will you know 
do things on their word. They'll be as trustworthy. And a lot, yeah. a lot of people are, but it's one that you just, you know, you sometimes are too quick to take people their word. But I also think there's a, an element of excitement, right? So as you're, a lot of times you're getting yes. a new company, a new startup, you want to focus more on the fun and exciting and building the product or, you know, doing the, you know, doing the sales, building the company. And sometimes you don't do as much diligence on the side of other things as you should because given the excitement. Yeah. So, all right. Well, now as we jump to the second question, I always ask. So if you're talking now to somebody that's just getting into startup or a small business, just starting out, what would be the yeah. one piece of advice you'd give them? Oh, for sure. Keep in mind, it's a long road and you have to be resilient and passionate. Otherwise you burn out. Mm. You know, it's, it's just as simple as that. Being, being an entrepreneur, being, you having been in different startups, you can't survive unless you have that, you know, uh, mentality in your mind already that it's going to be a long road. This is not happening fast and you have to be resilient. I, I think that's the way. Definitely. All right. You know. All right. Well, I think uh, resilience and doing your due diligence are two different uh, <laughs> lessons to certainly learn along the way. And I think you're a valuable lesson. So, well, thank you for coming on for the podcast. Thank you, Devin. It's been a pleasure. Um, for those of you that uh, now have your own journey to tell and would like to come on the podcast and tell it, certainly feel free to go to inventivejourneyguest.com and you can apply to be on the podcast. And for those of you that uh, enjoyed this episode and want to make sure to catch future episodes, make sure to subscribe. And uh, lastly, if you need any help with patents and trademarks, certainly feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law. Thank you again for coming on the podcast. It was Thank a pleasure you. to have you on. And uh, wish Likewise. you the Wish you the next uh, best leg of your journey um, as you guys uh, tackle the bioplastics industry and make the world a more sustainable place. Thank you. Appreciate it.